Ding Dongs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she almost called in a drone strike on a classmate. It's my sister, Marissa. Yeah, but he kind of deserved it. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> totally gets... Sorry for the long absence, everyone. Uh, we're just like... We're so sad. We just want the good place back. I know. I've just been lying in bed the last month crying, both of us. <laughs> and I, I rewatched the Existential Crisis episode today because I was like, where is the good place? I need it. <laughs> um, I was having an existential crisis without the good place in my life, so I needed it. Yeah, we've just been sort of waiting for the good place to come back. We were busy with stuff on a few weekends in june so uh we skipped but um we are back my my stupid friends got married wait one of them listens to this show my beautiful wonderful intelligent gorgeous friends got married delightful friends (laughs) mazel tov to the both of you yeah lots of travels and all that good stuff but we're back to discuss the latest addition to the mcu post avengers endgame we're talking about spider-man far from home which is funny because, you know, after Endgame, we said we wouldn't do another Marvel movie. <laughs> Maybe ever? <laughs> but then, as it turned out, I wanted to go to the movies and there was nothing else that was any good <laughs> that was playing. Like, I was yeah. like, I would love to spend a couple hours sitting in the air conditioning and eating popcorn and like looking at the movies going like, well, <laughs> there's really only one choice here. I guess let's two for uh, Far From Home, please. <laughs> and actually, like, and you saw it first, and you and your husband both texted me and said it was a recommend. Yes. Um, and I really wasn't going to see it because I was a little marveled out as well. And then, I think everybody is. <laughs> and after your recommendation, I saw it as well because I, too, wanted to spend several hours in the air conditioning. And uh, it was delightful. It yeah, really it really was, was. It was delightful. So, you know, we we figured we would do a Spider-Man Far From Home episode. and Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, just keep on the Marvel train and then we'll figure out what to do. Gosh, when does The Good Place come back? Like, I feel Jeremy Bear. This just feels so Jeremy bear to me. I have no <laughs> idea when it comes back. September, maybe? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, we got... We why? got... Why? <laughs> we have so much time to kill yeah. listeners if you have any ideas for us i mean we keep saying that but nobody has any ideas <laughs> they would have at this point we've asked so many times and nobody's written if into any, us with if a, anybody is still listening after we've been <laughs> on hiatus of, for like a month yeah out of it i'm out of it for a little while and everyone gets delusions of grandeur it's harrison ford's <laughs> birthday today Oh, happy birthday, Han Solo. Yeah. Before we dive into the recap, a little housekeeping up front. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. That would be great. I think we're probably going to do another review drive coming up into the last season of... We would really have to make episodes in order for that to be an effective thing to do. Yes. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, you are correct. I yeah. guess we should say that we do we have found out since the since we started our hiatus, unofficial hiatus, that we have found out that the fourth season of The Good Place is going to be the final season of The Good Place. Yeah, that's I don't know if we want to get into that too much. I don't know how much there is to say. Yeah. But 
I think it's an appropriate decision. I think they had a certain amount of story they wanted to tell, and they are convinced that they're going to be done telling that story at the end of four seasons. And I would much rather that a show go out strong than it kind of dribble into, like, seven, eight, like the X-Files, right? Yeah. The X-Files had five amazing seasons, and then the sixth season was okay, and then the seventh season was... And then the eighth the ninth seasons were like... <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm no, sure there I feel Roman the same letters. Way. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the same way. It's sad to see these characters go, obviously, or it will be sad to see them go, but I have all the faith in the world in the creative team behind the show that they're going to really stick the landing, and I'm glad that they are able to tell the story that they want to tell in the time that they want to tell it, rather than being like, pressured by the network to do something different or whatever like i think it 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 speaks to probably like michael schur's pull at nbc right status that he can just say like no this is what we want to do so but yeah i mean that that means that uh you know the episodes that we start in september will be some pretty pretty important ones yeah yeah and now on to something not as important and pretty fluffy, but fun. I'm going to do the recap for this one, right? Yeah. And, and just so everybody knows, like, as usual with these movies, everything is being spoiled. Yeah. The whole MCU is being spoiled. The movie's being spoiled. The post-credit sequences, I make no guarantee that I'm going to hold off talking about the post-credit sequences until we get to that part of the recap. Yeah. So, spoils, spoils, spoils. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all spoilers all the time, and, I mean, this movie's been out for a little while, so... Yeah, what are you guys even doing? <laughs> we got, like, lives or something? Whatever. It's too hot. Go to the movies. Yeah. Um, that is why I saw the first Avengers movie. I distinctly remember that. That it was, like, we had lost power, and it was July, and it was, oh, like... Oh, no. I... Yes! I mean, where we used to live in Maryland, so we live in a different part of Maryland now, but where we used to live in Maryland was constant power outages and especially in the summertime and so we would just be you know sweating our kishkas off <laughs> all the time and so i just remember the very first avengers movie us just being like we have to go into the air conditioning i guess let's go see avengers <laughs> all right diving in so we start in mexico ta- a random town in mexico nick fury and maria hill are investigating an unnatural storm they're like they said the storm had a face um, and they encounter uh, what we will come to know as an Earth Elemental and a super-powered... He's a guy who looks and like... apparently super Apparently super-powered. Yes, yeah, spoilers. Apparently super-powered <laughs> guy. But, like, he looks like a hero. He's got a cape on and, like, a weird globe for a head. I didn't get the globe part, but whatever. And he's dreamy. Played by Jake Gyllenhaal. That's why he's dreamy. Yes. Uh, arrives to fight the creature... And then we cut to New York, and we get this. I this was one of my favorite parts. This like low budge memorial video to yes. the Avengers who've died. And what it's was still, the song? It was. It's like I will remember. Wasn't it remember no, you? No, no, I think wasn't it. I will always love you by Whitney oh, Houston. Yes, it was. I will always love you because I remember being like, how did they get the rights to this? <laughs> And, like, the memorial video has, like, stock footage of, like, candles flickering, and it still has the the Getty images, like, watermark on it. <laughs> um, 
And so, I mean, this is, they know how to do their humor even in these moments. And it's basically like students at the Midtown School of Science and Technology, which is where this Peter Parker goes, kind of giving you an explanation of like what happened with what they're calling the blip, which is, you know, Thanos dusting half of humanity. And By the way, the footage that they have 100% confirms the things that we were talking oh, about yeah. when we yeah, talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. Endgame, which was that they have the footage of half of everybody at this basketball game getting dusted, including, like, the marching band yep. on the on the court. Yep. And then when they get restored by Iron Man, the, like, wait, no, Hulk restored them, right? Yeah. Yeah. When they get restored by Hulk, like, they just appear back where they were. They're just, like, crashing into people. And they're crashing into people, like, guys! (laughs) I I cannot emphasize enough how many horrific situations this is going to cause. Like, people reappearing in the air because they were on an airplane at the time. (laughs) Yeah, or, like, um, we'll get to it in a second, but, um... Spider-Man appears at a, like, uh, a benefit, and the benefit is for people who were made homeless by the blip. So, and... Aunt uh, May is one of them. Aunt May was like, I, like, appeared in my house five years later, and, like, there were new people living there, and everyone's just sort of, like, making light of it, and I was like, God, that must be traumatizing. Yeah, and all of your stuff is gone. Yeah, like, they just kind of make it in this movie so that all the major characters got blipped. Because that's the easiest way yeah. to deal with it all, right? That like because that means that they didn't experience the five years of like spiraling down into insanity. Well that <laughs> was a that was a question I have this in the discussion section, but that was the question I had about a lot of Peter's classmates because like arguably I didn't see Spider Man homecoming. No, me either. So I this was my first introduction to some of these characters, like his best friend, his like nerdy best friend. Ned was his name? Uh, Maybe. And MJ and stuff. Like, so I had the thought of, like, did they all get dusted? Because otherwise... Yes, they apparently all got dusted. His best friend and everybody else. And MJ would be five years older. Because, you know, Spider-Man had that. So Flash and Peter and MJ and Ned, at least, were all dusted. Okay. Um, That answered one of my questions. Because I was just like, wait a minute. Peter didn't survive. Like, he got dusted. Like, he had a very upsetting death scene. Yeah, the one that everybody was was memefied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of kind of convenient narrative sleight of hand just to be like, yeah, all the people you care about. Yeah, they all got dusted. Okay, moving on. Because we can all, now we can tell us a story about all of them. So, um, I guess to like put these kids back sort of in a in the school year somewhere the school organizes a two-week field trip to europe which i mean sounds awesome and um these happened at our school it's just that our mom would never pay for them (laughs) you're correct yeah um so peter parker peter parker uh, played by Tom Holland, who in this movie was such a sweet, soft boy. He was Can so I say sweet. that this was the first Spider-Man movie I saw where I actually believed that the individuals involved were teenagers? Yes! You yes. go back and you watch the original Tobey Maguire Spider, and you're like, this is, they're 25. They're <laughs> obviously 25. And there's no- And I liked the Kirsten first- Kirsten Dunst is 
probably older than 25. She's a, she is a woman. <laughs> she is a full-on woman. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, Zendaya actually looks like a teenager. Yeah. And Tom Holland actually looks like a teenager. And all these other kids look like teenagers. Like, hey! Well, he was actually, he's only like 23. Yeah. So he was a teenager when he got cast for the role. So right. I think it's, yeah, it's much more believable. So he's still distraught over Tony Stark's death because obviously sort of a father figure situation there. Yeah, for he's him. sort of taken the place of Uncle Ben in a way. Yeah. In this narrative. Point. Yeah. And, and uh, Peter Parker doesn't want to be Spider Man on this trip. He's like, I'm going to leave this at home and I'm just going to like go with my friends and have a good time. And he has this like whole elaborate thing that planned to confess his feelings to MJ, played by Zendaya. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? It's Zendaya, I Zendaya. think. Zendaya, okay. Which I thought she was great. This was the first time she I was had great. seen her at MJ. She was great. I didn't, re- you know, in the Peter Parker, Sp- uh, I'm sorry, not Peter Parker, obviously it's Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Um, it could be in, Miles Morales. That's true. In the Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, Spider-Man universe, MJ is like this sort of idealized girl next door type. Can I can I take something back real quick? Apparently Kirsten Dunst was only 20. Oh. Or maybe even 19 in that movie. And yet she looks like a grown-ass woman. She right? does. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> defo does. Yeah, I don't know. But they... Um, but she's sort of the this like idealized girl next door. And Zendaya's version of MJ is like very weird and surly and i liked it <laughs> oh i like it too yeah because like uh, who else is gonna hang out with peter parker yeah like think about point. it and who and who would he realistically have a crush on right it's not gonna be the the cheerleader the or whatever homecoming queen or whatever right. he's gonna like the weird smart girl and then we talked a little bit about this the fundraiser for people who were made homeless by the blip uh with aunt may Side note, if we're talking about people's ages, Marissa Tomei is 53 years old, 54. God, she looks so good. She looks so good. She just looked a day over, like, 41. God, what is she doing to herself? (laughs) She, like, rubbing sort of, like, umbilical cord (laughs) gel (laughs) on her face. (laughs) She and Paul Rudd are, like, ageless in this MCU. And Keanu. Keanu. Oh, oh, in the, yeah, okay, in the MCU. Yeah, Yeah, I would, if the three of them got together and, like, drank blood of, you know, like, the innocents, I would believe it. Um, So, you know, he comes out as Spider-Man, and he gets kind of overwhelmed because everybody's asking him about, like, are you are you officially an Avenger now and all that kind of stuff? And he gets really he's still grieving, obviously. Um, happy he's a is, child. I mean, geez, well, guys. That's, well, that's kind of the point of this movie is like he's a yes. kid and he has to deal with all this stuff. And that's, I mean, this is probably for more for discussion, but like this is a lot of what we talked about for uh, Into the Spider Verse as well. That this story of Peter Parker or in Miles's case, Miles Morales as Spider Man is always this story of, like, young people having to deal with things that are much more, like, serious and uh, earth-shattering than they necessarily should uh, at their age. But uh, Happy is there, and it's kind of clear that, like, he and Aunt May are, like, kind of flirting with each other a little bit. And then Peter gets overwhelmed. He Did he... Happy get blipped? No. 
know? We have no idea, do we? We have no idea. <laughs> okay, cool. I was going to say no because he was at the funeral, but that was after the blip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. And Peter kind of like, you know, Happy's like, Nick Fury's trying to call you. And Peter's like, I don't want any of that. And I'm just going to go be a kid and like leave me alone. So he and his friends go to Venice. Uh, and on the way, um, he tries to sit next to MJ. He tries to like, kind of, he has this whole plan that they're going to like share headphones. That's very, he's like like a splitter. That's very like late millennial slash Gen Z of him to be like, this is how we're going to connect is we're going to share headphones and watch a movie. Um, are we really going with generation Z? Are we really so lazy that we are? adopting the generation z moniker which is just generation x was like you know they're 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 it kind of made sense at the time of like oh they're an unknown because like you know the generations before them have been more clear-cut and we don't really know what they want or whatever it's still kind of lazy but okay and then they tried to call millennials generation y and we were like no thank you uh we'll take a real (laughs) we'll take a real word thank you very much and now they're like okay well these guys are generation z like first of all it's just incredibly lazy. Second of all, uh, where, where do you go from there, fellas? Generation to Alpha? Generation Omicron? <laughs> like, where, like, you have to come up with a different naming scheme. I didn't realize that you felt so strongly about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's because where I work, there's just all this, like, how to, you know, generational management styles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so, like... I get very so then they just they've just started talking about Generation Z and I'm like no no we're not really <laughs> doing this are we? Spoiler we're not... alert: we're all just people, and every single older generation thinks that every single younger generation is doing it wrong. That oh that's that's, that's certainly true. Yeah yeah. Anyway, I didn't I didn't realize that <laughs> you felt that way. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so their plans to get sit next to each other get foiled, and his best friend ends up sitting next to, like, a very, like, smart know-it-all girl. And then by the end of the flight, which is around, This was like, such a funny hours, running joke. Yes! I loved this. They have become boyfriend and girlfriend because, you know, his friend is like, don't feel too bad, Peter. Like, I mean, really, what could have happened in eight hours? And then, like, this girl comes up and is like, honey, can you, like, get my bags or whatever? And it's very cute. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're dating now. Like, I'm a man now because <laughs> I have a girlfriend. <laughs> um, so Peter has this plan when they're in Venice to get her to get uh, MJ a black Dahlia necklace. For because the, of the, the murder. murders. <laughs> Which I guess speaks to the sort of like obsession with like true crime and stuff. Yeah, I also think MJ is just supposed to be kind of a morbid girl. Yeah, ag- aggressively weird, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we like aggressively weird, you know, in in our lives. So um, he goes and he finds this necklace, and he and he before he can give it to her, this water creature strikes and proceeds to like wreak havoc on the city. And once again, this uh, handsome stranger arrives to uh, destroy the creature, and Peter tries to help him. And it's this kind of like he's so sweet he's like excuse me sir uh i can help you i'm sticky (laughs) it's very funny and then uh nick fury has stalked peter parker all the way to venice and basically kidnaps him in the middle of the night and 
Um, Should we talk about how it's not Nick Fury and Maria Hill? Well, I figured we would get to that, maybe? I mean, it does kind of color my interpretation of some of the things that happen in the movie. Okay, then let's talk about it. You can talk. Go ahead. So the second... Yeah, yeah, the second post-credit sequence reveals that throughout this entire movie... Uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill haven't actually been Nick Fury and Maria Hill. They've been Talos and his wife, the Skrulls, that were introduced to us in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Which does kind of... There's a moment where, actually in the scene you're trying to describe now, where Peter Parker's trying to think of some other heroes who could do the heroing instead of him. And he suggests Captain Marvel, and Nick Fury, who is not Fury says something to the effect of, like, get her name out of your mouth, right? Which <laughs> makes yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, it made sense for Fury, right? Because they were, like, so, so such good buddies. But it makes even more sense for Talos, for whom Marvel is basically, like, their species savior. Yeah. For, for, for him to be like, do not even think about invoking, you know, Captain yeah. Marvel for your dumb little planetary threat. Yeah, no, that's very true. I hadn't thought of it that way. I hadn't thought of it that way. But yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a... That was kind of a weird reveal. I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah, I don't quite know why they went with that. Like, I don't understand what the point was exactly. Except maybe to establish that, like, you know, Fury kind of has his own thing going on now. Yeah, I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of defunct at this point, so... Right. But he seems to have Um, rebuilt something with some group of people or creatures or or, aliens right Right. or something (laughs) interplanetary (laughs) (laughs) um and so this version of fury gives which is like how did actually now that i think about it how did talos get tony stark's glasses i just so so you are to understand that he has been acting as nick fury with nick fury's knowledge and consent sure so i assume that nick fury was like here's some stuff that i don't want to have to do go pretend to be me and like go get this stuff done i don't want to chase a teenager all over europe like (laughs) here's the glasses here's you know access to because there's like a lot of strings that he ends up needing to pull to like get all this stuff to happen so it's like here's access to like a bunch of bank accounts or whatever and like just go do the dirty work i'm not interested in it right now i'm i'm on a fake beach yeah He's, he's like on administrative leave. <laughs> um, um, so he gives uh, Fury, this version of Fury, get, I'm just going to call him Fury, uh, yeah, gives Peter Tony Stark's glasses, these sort of like, uh, that have this artificial intelligence embedded into them called Edith, which stands for even in death, I'm the hero. How do you so, know that? Because they say it in the movie. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I told who says that? I think it's I think it's uh Nick Fury. Huh. Yeah. I've totally missed that. Which is Tony Stark's way of saying like I'm I'm still here and I still run this town, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you're basically it's his way of being like, You're welcome. And uh America. Um, <laughs> planet Earth. Planet um, America. Because he can control like orbital satellites with these glasses. Because it has access to, like, all of Stark Industries' commands and, like, the weapon supply and everything. So, who basically, whoever has these glasses is 
effectively Tony Stark's successor in terms of like technology and their ability to command everything that Tony has left behind. Which is strange to me that Pepper would just like let those go, but yeah, I have some questions about this. <laughs> like so I mean a lot a lot of hay is made in this movie about how Tony was always second guessing himself and never knew if he was doing the right thing. I certainly think in Endgame we saw that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing he never doubted, Peter, was that you were the right choice to, you know, to, and it's like, this is a child. This is madness. Like, what are you, t- what are all of you talking about? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could think of in that context is like, perhaps Tony recognized another like young genius because I recently rewatched the first Iron Man. Which is referenced in this movie, which is my favorite thing in the whole world. Oh my god, it was like, I was like, watching this, I was like, oh god, Brandon has to see this movie, and we have to talk about that scene. <laughs> we'll get to it in a sec. But that whole montage at the beginning talks about, like, he, uh, Tony Stark is essentially, as a 18-year-old. No, 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 the montage at the beginning, no. No? The montage at the beginning of the first Iron Man. Oh, The one where they're right. honoring him with some award in Vegas or whatever. Oh, yeah, right before it, he's, like, getting drunk on the plane or whatever. Exactly. Talks about how he, like, graduated MIT early, and he is, like, the heir apparent to his father's, like, whole empire, and he's just this, like, kid genius. And so I wonder if there's a piece of Tony that's like, well, you're my spiritual successor in that way. Yeah, but Tony, of all people, knows what an absolute disaster it would have been for him to have access to the technology he eventually had at the age of, like, 16. But Peter's a sweet soft boy. <laughs> Look, I'm not... If there's any 16-year-old I have to give this to, certainly he's in the top, like, quintile, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... No, you're correct. It's because madness. As evidenced by the fact that he that he doesn't like the fact that another kid is talking to MJ on the school bus, so he mm-hmm. calls in a drone strike. He doesn't mean to call in a drone strike, in fairness. But it but he's like, Oh, this guy, I I need to figure out a way to like get this guy away from MJ and Edith is just no, no, like, no, oh. he's Well, he's trying to get a picture deleted off his phone. Oh yeah, that's right. And because he, he's about to show MJ. And uh She's like, oh, okay. Or Edith is like, oh, okay. So he's a target. Okay. Do, do, do. And like calls it a drone strike. Um, but anyway, we're kind of going out of order here. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. It's, this, is, this is what we do. We're loosey-goosey with our Marvel episodes. So he gets the glasses and Mysterio... Uh, I'm sorry. Beck slash who we will come to know as Mysterio, who's Jake Gyllenhaal, claims... It, it is like Hall. is this i got a lot to say about him as a human <laughs> um is it all uh, about his appreciation for that beard i mean he's, he's fine he's fine what can i say he has this whole tragic backstory that he's from another dimension in the multiverse which is really interesting that they're bringing the multiverse into or are they ultimately I mean, I it think... turns out to be a lie so i don't know well I think it was a nice nod to the multiverse. Yeah, but I'm not sure it was might... more than a nod. Right. 
claims that the elementals killed his family in that plane of existence and now he's here on this earth to like fight them and they want peter to help fight the elementals and peter's like i just want to go on my school trip and like tell a girl that i like her okay i can't handle this i'm i'm leaving and fury's like okay and then then turns out that he has redirected so the elementals are they think are gonna strike in Prague next because of some like heat signature stuff or whatever well it's because they're retracing the steps of what happened in jake gyllenhaal's alleged universe right and so they're like you've got to go to Prague," and he's like no i'm going on my school trip and like see you bye like peace out and the next day his teachers are like guess what we're going to Prague instead (laughs) and turns out fury has you know redirected their school trips itinerary in order to get peter to like help fight the elemental and this is when on the way peter almost drone strikes his own classmate because it's some like ridiculous thing but basically this guy also likes mj and and thinks he has some dirt on peter and it's like this whole thing but basically he the only part you have to remember is that peter can't be seen as spider-man in europe so he's going by the alias night monkey yes which (laughs) Which i think is ned's invention yes that comes later that comes later yeah and it's very very funny the whole like night monkey thing night monkey uh running gag is pretty funny and so they go. They get to Prague, and Ned knows about um, Peter as Spider Man, and so he's like, he at least he has a confidant in this situation, which is I yeah. think a good a good narrative device, and and also like good for Peter, and he's like I don't know what to do, and Ned is like, well we're all here, like you have to protect us, you know you you can't let this thing strike where we are because we'll all die (laughs) and peter you know basically tries to make it so that everybody else is inside uh somewhere but a couple of them a couple of his classmates go outside during this like big carnival uh which is where this elemental attacks and so ned and his girlfriend are in a ferris wheel and also mj I actually thought the the moment of like him leaving MJ at the theater was like really affecting and yes, sad I agree. because he has to he has to make so MJ wants to sit next to him because they're going to the opera to stay inside uh, and um, MJ offers to sit next to him and that's what he really wants to do but he has to go outside and and fight and you know they kind of exchange this look and and he kind of looks back over his shoulder and it was very i thought it was very affecting and before the fight he is like really conflicted because he wants to be a normal kid he wants to just like be with this girl that he's crushing on and kind of have the normal burdens of a teenager but he's got the burden of the world on his shoulders because everybody expects him to be tony stark's successor and Jake Gyllenhaal gives him a pep talk and is like, I know this isn't fair. And part of me wants to tell you to like run away from all this, but we need you. And so they fight uh, the elemental, which appears at the carnival. Um, Beck destroys it. I thought he was going to, I knew this movie was long, was supposed to be long, but mm-hmm. like, I didn't see any of the second half of it coming. So I thought he was going to die. So certainly when it was announced that he was going to be Mysterio, people were like, 
Yeah, but Mysterio's a villain. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I I was kind of braced for the the reveal the See, whole time. See, I didn't read anything about it, and I didn't know who I Mysterio think they were kind was. of closed-lipped about him being Mysterio, but it did come out eventually, because that costume is very... Distinct. Identifiable. Yeah, yeah. distinct. <laughs> so uh, people were like, that's Mysterio. Mysterio's not exactly what you'd call a good guy. Like, I don't think he's always, like, a total villain, but he is not uncomplicatedly good. Oh, okay. So I thought he was gonna die, but he doesn't die. And Peter rescues his classmate and um, his... It's bo- Ned and, and the girlfriend. Ned and the girlfriend. And Ned is, and the girlfriend's like, isn't that Spider-Man? And he's like, no, 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 that's Night Monkey. And so... It's, a, it's like, a European rip-off version is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Nick Fury... And then for the rest of the movie, you'll just see like foreign language TV just being like, Mysterio und Night Monkey. Night like, Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, and um, uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill invite Peter and Beck to Berlin to discuss, like, the formation of a new superhero team, which, like, what was this really? Because it couldn't, nobody in this except for Peter was who they say they were. So right. <laughs> now I have no idea what this was supposed to be. I don't, and that that was my one hanging thread from this movie being like, well, where were they? What was this? Like, yeah. I thought they were supposed to be going to, like, the UN or something, right? Which the UN is not in Berlin. It's in... No, I... Uh, fine. But, like, some sort of international sure. confederation of wizards sure. or whatever. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> sorry, I've been reading a, a Harry Potter sort of uh, universe book to my six-year-old. Um, like, I, you cannot tell me that Fury thinks it's a good idea to send a double in his place to, like, an international gathering of like super spies or whatever like what a terrible friggin idea so like what was this i have no idea oh and also it comes out later that talos didn't know that mysterio was a fake yes so he could have been inviting like havoc into you know some kind of international arena Uh, i i mean i guess it doesn't matter because peter doesn't go and neither does Mysterio, but like that was kind of a weird thread. Peter is like after the fight, Peter and, and Mysterio get a drink and he's just like, I can't handle this. I'm too young and I just want to be a kid. And maybe Mr. Stark meant that like I'm not his successor, but I would know how to pick his successor and like you should be it because like you are a soldier and you have fought these things before and you are older than me and like have experience and know what to do. So like here you have the Edith glasses. And I was like, "Mm, mm, (laughs) what? But you know, I was like, I guess they do look good on him. You gotta admit. I mean, everything like he's Jake Gyllenhaal. Everything looks good on him. Yeah. He'd look good in wrapped in newspaper. (laughs) And this is where things kind of like go Went off, off the, rails. the rails, but in yeah. a in a very entertaining way. This is where oh, Jake... I think we should mention that Peter's spider sense has been kind of misbehaving the whole movie. Yeah, he's really doubting. That's a good point. He's really doubting himself. 
And Marissa Tomei calls it his Peter Tingle, which oh is just God. so bad. And Happy calls it that later. And everyone's it's like, he's like, stop saying Tingle. Ah! <laughs> stop saying Peter Tingle. But it, it, it actually, I think it's really important to the plot of the movie that yes. his spidey sense has been acting up. Absolutely. It's very, very important that his spider sense, his spidey sense hasn't been jingling, um, hasn't been working. And, and I think it's because, like, he's grieving. Like, he's doubting mm-hmm. himself. He's lost all of these people who are much more senior to him in this field. And and he's trying to make sense of what to do next. And he really does feel the weight of all of their legacies on his shoulders. And so, yeah, he really doubts himself. And, and because of that, his Peter Tingle isn't working. <laughs> and isn't that when your children get older, I hope that I'm that embarrassing of an aunt to them, to like, as a teenager, be like, your, your nephew Tingle isn't working. Ah! Like, yeah, exactly. Stop no! Yeah. <laughs> I also hope I look that good when I'm 53. I agree, I- but stop. No. <laughs> so Peter leaves the bar, and then... I'm gonna get a restraining order against you for that- my poor children. <laughs> Peter leaves the bar... And then things go a cuckoo bananas. (laughs) So Mysterio reveals himself to be like a completely unhinged uh, (laughs) villain, which we'll get to um, Jake Gyllenhaal on this movie's press tour towards the end. Oh, I haven't. Okay, you're going to have to clue me in. I will clue you in. I was texting your husband about this because i was just like what even um but um yeah we'll get to that in a second but now i understand why he's been so cuckoo on the press tour he's just like an unhinged former uh stark industries employee who's special who specialized in holographic illusions and so the whole bar basically turns out to be a holographic illusion um and there are all these other people in it and you know, Beck basically gives like a villain speech about like how he was fired because Tony Stark didn't see the genius of his invention of like holographic illusions. His main complaint was that Tony called his thing barf. Yeah. So you didn't see uh, Civil War. No. So the scene that they flash back to where they have retconned that Jake Gyllenhaal was backstage during this, which made me laugh uh, so hard. Yeah. My husband was like, do you think it was really Jake Gyllenhaal? Was really? I was like, honey, no. Are you out of your goddamn mind? You think that he was... No. And then the other... And then they cut to the scene. Please, I, I, I'm going to allow you the honors of yes. doing doing the scene that, yes. that they yes. reference. Please, go ahead. Yes. So Jake Gyllenhaal is basically like calling out a bunch of people in his crew. So the scene that he is in is a scene from, it's the opening scene from Civil War because it's supposed to set up how Tony lost his parents and how Tony feels about having lost his parents. And this holographic illusion that he creates is him recreating the last time he saw his parents alive when he was like... Oh, that's as a terrible. Yeah. And he's basically saying, like, all the things I didn't say to my parents or whatever. That's why Jake Gyllenhaal is saying he took my invention and used it as, like, therapy for himself. 
right? That's what he was referencing. But they sort of cut to this odd angle where you see, like, (laughs) a menacing-looking Jake Gyllenhaal (laughs) in the background. It's just like, And Kate, who I I watched this movie with, said that it was very much um, in Zoolander. Do you remember the woman, like, the Katinka Bobrovna-na-na, or, like, whatever her name was? was? What is happening right now? (laughs) The, the, like, female assassin who, like... is in the shadow, like shows up everywhere in Zoolander when they give him the relax signal. No. no. Okay. Well, it was very much that. Anyway, <laughs> error going back. So then they show, so he's pointing out other people <laughs> in his crew. So he's, so Jake John Hall's very bitter about this. And then he's, he's pointing to other people in his crew and he's like, shouts to this guy. I don't remember his name. No. Um, Larry or whatever. Larry or whatever. Like, and then they do the flashback, and it is my favorite moment from the original Iron Man, which is when Obadiah Stane is like trying We've to create. We've referenced this, mo- this moment like yes. 8,000 yes. times in this Obadiah- podcast. And by the way, before I saw this movie, Meg texted me because she saw it too, and she was like, There's a callback in this movie you're really going to like. And I was like, I thought it was a callback to America's ass from Avengers Endgame. I was like, oh, maybe it's this. And she's like, no, but it's better than that. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then this happened and I was like, oh, I get it. It's a callback to, they do a flashback to the moment when Obadiah Stane is yelling at one of the Stark Industries scientists because he can't make a small arc, arc reactor. And he goes, Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. And then the guy who he's yelling at goes, well, I'm not Tony Stark. And it's it's like that guy had like three lines. And I can't imagine being the casting director who's like, I guess we got to call, call up this guy. Like, it, hey, it's your lucky day. You want to come be in another Marvel? So you think it was the same guy? I, I think it is the same guy. Yeah. That was another one of my husband's questions, and I kind of poo-pooed that. But if you think it was the same guy, then maybe it was the same guy. I think it was. I think it was the same guy. So it's him, and then, like, it's a bunch of other, like, disgruntled ex-Stark industry employees. Which is something that we've also kind of seen in other uh, Iron Man movies. Like, that was the case for Mickey Rourke's character, was that his dad worked with Howard Stark. (sighs) And it was the plot of that dumb Ant-Man in the Wasp movie we saw. Yes! That's very true. (laughs) Like, I'm kind of tired of this as a plot, but whatever. It's fun. It's fun for this one. Yeah, because Jake Gyllenhaal is straight up unhinged. (laughs) And, yeah, so he's just like, no, I have the glasses, and that was all too easy, and it turns out the elementals are, like, just a bunch of smoke and mirrors, like a, a light show kind of thing that with drones and He's just creating these like holographic things that can actually cause damage. I mean, this was kind damage. of. I was. I left the movie and I was like, I think that the people who wrote The Incredibles and The Incredibles Two could probably sue for plot infringement on this one, right? Because like, it's very like, how dare that this super powered child be given things when I, normal powered but genius adult, have not been given those things, right? It's like, yeah, I've seen this plot before. Yeah. Yeah, and also, yeah, the the super or the normal powered adult kind of like manufacturing powers for themselves. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so he's like, the people need a hero, and I will be their hero, and you all will like 
be behind the scenes, like creating this magic. And so from then, but it's not really, so he doesn't actually go out and do anything like the, the scenes of him saving people and all that. Those are all holograms. So he just kind of sits in a secluded area while these things are just light shows. Yeah. So from here on out, he is a lunatic, just like a straight (laughs) up lunatic. And so, but Peter doesn't know this. He's like, just sort of blissfully unaware. And he's like, do 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 got rid of that pesky glasses I didn't want. And so now he's, so after the destruction that happened in Prague, they're cutting the trip short or they want to cut the trip short. And Peter is like desperate to get time with MJ. So this was actually really cute too, that he like shows up and he's like, do you want to? And she's like, yes. (laughs) It was, I know their whole relationship was so sweet and true to teenagerhood. Yes. Absolutely. In a way, not Pitch Perfect the movie, but the yeah. Pitch Perfect the idiom. Like, yes, I, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like, like I actually believed it as like teenage romance instead of like again. Like, I'm not trying to slag on the first Spider-Man movie, but the whole like upside down kiss in the rain or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's not really what teen romance looks like, right? What teen romance looks like is like sort of awkwardly. I mean, I assume I never experienced this, but <laughs> I I experienced it. Yeah. It felt like sort of awkwardly like <laughs> saying things and having long pauses and nobody wants to <laughs> admit anything and then right. kind of be like, okay, go, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> That's also, if you're me, your 30s romance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was very cute and very believable. And they go for a walk and MJ, he's like, I got to tell you something. And he wants to tell her that he likes her. And she's like, you're Spider-Man. And he's like, what? what are you talking about? That was Night Monkey. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and she's like, listen, I found this thing at the site of the battle. And like, there's something weird going on. And then she kind of pulls it out and it glitches and it shows like a, a piece of the footage from the elemental. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? Are they not real? And then he start, starts, to start to, starts to put the pieces together and is like, oh god! <laughs> and, and he's like, okay, you're right. I'm Spider Man, and now we have to go. And, and she's like, like, I, she's like, I was only like sixty five percent sure. And he's like, no, 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 we gotta go, 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 come we on, gotta come go, on. we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And they go back to the room, and he's like changing in front of like while she's looking the other way. And I was like, hello. But she I, peeks. I know. She I was peeks. Like, I was like, Zendaya, yes, my girl, yes. <laughs> you gotta you peek. peek. Of course you peek. <laughs> So, uh, of course you peek. So, and then Ned is like, oh, okay, you know he's Spider-Man. Cool. I, I have So later he to. says, now you're an FOS. Yeah. Friend of Spider-Man. I thought that was very cute. So, Peter goes to Berlin to try to find Fury. And then it turns out that this whole thing is an illusion. And I actually thought this was, like, very trippy and very well done and kind of, yeah. like, frightening and but it's all this now that we know that that mysterio can create these like crazy holograms and these illusions (laughs) illusions Illusions, michael you don't have time for my illusions (laughs) 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 i'm have there been any mysterio slash job memes from this we should check that i should make a mashup Uh, (laughs) you definitely should please do that for this episode like Basically, now Peter is trapped in these illusions, and to Marissa's point, 
his spidey sense isn't working. And so he is having a really hard time figuring out what is real, who's real in a situation, what's fake. And so he accident he ends up talking to who he believes is Fury, but it turns out to be um, Mysterio. Mysterio telling him who of his friends knows about the you know the fact that Mysterio is a fake and and all that and so he gives it up that MJ knows and so Mysterio then becomes a Scooby-Doo villain and is like totally a hundred percent like one of my things about the end fight and the end like plot that that he has is that he actually probably could have succeeded if he wasn't so stuck on killing these children (laughs) um (laughs) So, Peter gets hit by a train and survives. Well, I mean, that, I don't know which stat that is in D&D. What is that, con? Constitution, yes. He had like a nat 20 constitution roll. (laughs) Well, I think that that's like one of the Spider-Man actual things, right? Oh, yeah. Is that he has this incredibly high con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he, he had a nat 20 constitution saving roll for sure. So, yeah, he gets hit by a train and manages to like badly injured like get inside of it and he kind of passes out and he ends up in the netherlands which is so funny and everybody like he's just in a he wakes up in a prison cell where everyone is like super polite which he's like wow your english is really good and they're like welcome to the netherlands (laughs) and he kind of just like breaks out and then some he's like hey can i borrow your phone and this guy's like no but you can have it like i don't know somebody <laughs> is dutch on this writing crew i think um and he calls happy and he's like can you please come get me and i was like how kate was like how long was that flight because like is happy coming from la is he coming from new york where's he coming from he has like a quinjet who cares yeah i guess that's true so he shows up in one of the Stark jets and he flies the, the rest of the classes on its way to London. And so he flies, he touches down in a field of tulips and you're just like, that was somebody's livelihood for an entire year. That and you just destroyed. I know. I was like, don't land on the tulips. It's beautiful. Like, I know we're trying to be like, yay, look at all these things in the Netherlands, but like <laughs> just park next to a windmill and call it a day. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, they're flying to London, and uh, Peter is basically having a meltdown because he's like completely beat up and exhausted, and he realizes that he's failed because Mysterio he gave the crazy yeah. person the 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 nuclear drones or whatever they are. He gave yeah he gave the crazy person access to all of Stark Industries technology, and also gave him the names of like his best friend and the girl that he wants to be his girlfriend. And now he's got to fix everything. And he kind of has this meltdown. And this is when the conversation happens that we were talking about earlier, which is when Happy says that Tony knew that Spider-Man, that Peter Parker was the right one to kind of take up the mantle after him. And he creates a new suit. And there's this really sweet moment where Happy is watching Peter kind of manipulate the 3D like models of what the suit's going to be like and you know you can read on Happy's face that he sees like a young Tony in yeah, that yeah. and it's really sweet yeah I mean Happy was basically like Tony was my best friend and you know like it, it, it's this very sweet kind of like 
it's the next generation of heroes. It's a very clear kind of mantle passing in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they touch down in London and like, this is where I get a little fuzzy. Basically like Mysterio is planning this huge event where like over the London bridge, basically. I was like, it's someone else's turn to get destroyed. That's not New York. Right. So like, good, let's make it London. I was like, I was like, at least it's not New York because we've, we've been through this many, many times. Yeah, London and Prague and all this kind of stuff. So so over the London Bridge, he is planning this whole elaborate illusion where... Illusion, Michael! <laughs> where, <laughs> where all of the elementals are going to combine, much like, you know... Voltron. Uh, Vol- uh, yeah, an elemental Voltron. And he's going to come save them. But what he's figured out, yeah, is that, like, one of the drones is kind of malfunctioning because Zendaya took that piece from it during the battle. And so he's kind of freaking out that everything's not going to be perfect, and he starts threatening his crew and all this kind of stuff. So he's, like, on the edge of losing it. Um, Don't push me, because I'm close to the edge. And he maneuvers it so that their tour bus is on the bridge at the time when the elementals show up. And... So they're going to just be casualties. Right. And so... by the way, they have this very creepy discussion amongst the bad guy crew about like how many casualties they want to create in this event. Yeah, it's it's gross. And yeah, so the kids are supposed to be casualties, but they get away they don't try very hard to, you know what I mean? Like the tour bus operator just kind of leaves them there on the bridge, but they don't, he's not like holding them at gunpoint or anything. Right. So the tour bus operator works for Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I mean, I guess he didn't want to die. So he was like, I'm out. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and so the kids run into the vault, uh, where they keep the crown jewels, which is so great. Not all of them, just like flash and happy and, uh, Zendaya and Ned. Yeah, and there are drones that are coming after them, and it's this, like, and I've been in that, like, Crown Jewels area. Yeah, me too. And so it was really fun to see, and they're, like, kind of breaking through all the glass and stuff. And Zendaya, like, finds, like, an old-timey, you know, because there's all this armor everywhere, and she finds this, like, bludgeoning weapon (laughs) and just starts, like, hitting the drones with it. And I was like, I mean... I was like, that's awesome, but I don't believe you can pick that up because those things are like 50 pounds. But meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal is like in the middle of this illusion and Peter Parker... Illusion, my guy! (laughs) (laughs) And then Peter, after having this talk with Happy, is like feeling fully functional again. So when he dives into it, he's like, this isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real. And he, So he closes his eyes and he relies on his spider sense instead. Right. And he, it's very like Luke at the end of... A New Hope. A New Hope. And he dives in and he starts like messing with all the drones that are creating the hologram. So the illusion starts breaking down. <laughs> exactly. And... So people are like seeing the drones and the guys on the crew are like, we should just kind of pack it in. And Jake Gyllenhaal is like, no, they'll see what I want them to see. And he's like trying to get at Jake Gyllenhaal or I'm sorry, trying to get it at Peter Parker. And he's like really trying to go after the kids and he's trying to go after Peter and, you know, he's just losing it essentially. And 
they have this like really kind of brutal like showdown on the bridge mm. where Peter has to face off with like all these drones before he can even get to Beck. Yeah. Yeah, Mysterio and then Mysterio's kind of like dying on the ground and he's like Peter Which is because Oh, it is an illusion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it Sorry, is an go illusion. Ahead. But the he was shot by a drone. Right, because because Edith is trying to protect him and is, you know, because Beck is like, why aren't they all firing? And Edith is like, you're too close to some of them. So I, I'm not going to allow those to fire. And he's like, no, fire them anyway. And then he gets hit, of course. Right. He's just a guy. That's what like, this is what always happens when the normals go up against the supers, right? Right. He's they just go a mad guy. with power and they're, he's just a guy. Edith, then uh, Peter regains control of Edith and turns off all the drones but Beck is sort of like lying there dying and is like, Peter, like he's like, kind of trying to kind of tries to like, you know, you he's won't... like, oh, you were the right one or what? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really yeah. remember what he said, but then it turns out that that was an illusion and Peter is able to understand that and blocks the real Mysterio from actually killing him with a gun. So like, I actually was surprised by that. I was like, good on you guys. Cause I didn't see that coming. And then, um, so there's all this wreckage and Peter's like limping off the bridge and he's like, his lip is split and he's like totally gross and he's like limping and MJ, I don't know how she wasn't stopped by the police because I mean, <laughs> maybe she is, still had that giant weapon. Maybe she just like, well, like, it's, like a, it's like a halberd like, or something. She probably yeah. just like wave the halberd at them and they're like, okay, ma'am, you can just keep, that's fine. So she's like dragging this like, you know, 16th century British <laughs> weapon with her 17th century, maybe. British She's just weapon. like, I'm American, y'all. We take whatever we want. <laughs> and, and she finds Peter on the bridge and he gives her the necklace, but it's all broken. And he's like, oh, but I was going to give this to you. But like, even after saving the world, he's still like this sweetie pie. Like, he, little he's boy. a soft, soft boy. He's so soft. And he's like, I was going to give this to you, but it broke. And she's like, that's okay. I like it broken. And of course she would. Because... And they're both, and he's like, it's a black Dahlia. And then they both simultaneously go because of the murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they kiss. It's so cute. It's very... I was like, eee! It's very cute, and I loved it, but I was also like, your boy needs to go to a hospital. (laughs) That's right. He's been both hit by a train and also beat to death by drones within the same, like, like, 24-hour period. I was like, he's probably bleeding internally. This is maybe not the time to have, like, your, you know, romantic moment, but who knows? Then it's the end, and, and they go home, and May meets him at JFK and picks him up and is like, I brought you hot bagels! And I was like, yes! <laughs> Welcome back to New York! Have some bagels! And then there's a mid credit scene where he is spideying through Manhattan, and he's like, I'm almost... You know, he's texting MJ, and he's like, I'm almost there! And she's like, don't text and web or swing whatever. don't text don't and swing. swing i was like that is the cutest thing i've ever seen i'm gonna go die now yeah and he picks her up and literally picks her up and like webs her through the city and she's just like oh my screaming. god by the way she's doing the exact thing i would have done at that age i mean screaming <laughs> my fool head off he's like isn't this cool and she's like ah and so then he puts her down on the corner of like 8th and 34th 
and <laughs> smack in Midtown, which doesn't have power right now. Yeah, hope, exactly. hope yeah, everyone there is okay. This. And he's like, "What's the matter?" And she's like, "Don't ever do that to me again." Yeah. And then um, J. Jonah Jameson, who they got um, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons back. So good for that. He is supposed to be, according to the like screenwriters or whatever, he is now supposed to be in this universe more of a like Alex Jones figure. It seemed like that from the way that they were um, talking about like the dailybugle.net. Like it was, it seemed sort of like a conspiracy theory site. Yes. And he comes on the screen at Madison Square Garden. Do you know how many pieces of media he has portrayed J. Jonah Jameson in now? How many? So many, because there's so many video games. Oh. <laughs> and he does all of them. Oh my god. And like, and like cartoons and stuff. He's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's a fun character. Why yeah, not? Sure. So, uh, J. Jonah Jameson comes on and is like, you'll never guess. Like, Spider-Man is a menace and look at this footage. And basically, Mysterio has somehow doctored or created a hologram of some footage of using like pieces of real footage, but doctoring them in a way that makes it's it a look... deep fake is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's fake news. It's very hashtag relevant that it is basically Spider-Man killing Mysterio and then, uh, Mysterio... and ordering the drone strikes on London. Yeah. And ordering the drone strikes. Thank you. And then also Mysterio, is it Mysterio or J-, or J. Jonah Jameson that gives away? It's Mysterio. Mysterio gives away Peter Parker's identity. Which is so very uncool. Yeah. Really uncool. And that's the middle credit sequence. And then the last credit sequence is the one we've already talked about, which is the scrolls. Turns out uh, Maria Hill and uh, our man Nick Fury are actually the scrolls. And have kind of, like, wildly uh, forked this one up. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how it ends. With the scrolls. <laughs> I mean, the scrolls thing was the scroll. Like, there's nothing much to be said about that. Except, yeah. like, ooh, I guess we'll hear more. But, like, the revealing of Peter Parker's identity, like, hit me like a punch in the gut. Like, no! Yeah, I mean... We don't do that to our children heroes. <laughs> like, their no. identities are sacrosanct. Yeah. That is really, really tough. Um, I think someone explained it like, you know, now he's the new Iron Man, and the very first Iron Man movie ends with him being like, yeah, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. And so they're saying, like, so now Peter's story has to parallel Tony's, but the difference between Peter and Tony is that, you know, Peter is always hapless. Like, that's his whole thing, is that he's just sort of like, oh, everything's going terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control anything and everything is awful, right? Yeah. So, so of course, his identity reveal is like the opposite, where it's someone doing it to him, like in the worst oh. way possible, instead of like the confidence standing up. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's very true. Yeah, that's, that's true. Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark gets up at the end and I am Iron Man. Ugh, what a great end to that movie. Are you going to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal some? I believe that's what I was promised. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because we talked about most of this other stuff that I have in the discussion points. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal on this press tour for this movie has <laughs> can't wait been... To hear, I can't wait to hear what this is about. Has been a straight crazy person. <laughs> if you click on the link that's in there, you don't have to do it now, but if you click on the link that's in there, it's just a... Somebody 
put like together a supercut, <laughs> a supercut of Jake Gyllenhaal quote being a like. Wait, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read this. I made a small compilation of Jake Gyllenhaal being a crazy man and making Tom Holland fear for his life. <laughs> that is the caption on this. It's great. I'm going to find also the transcript that I sent to your husband of one of the press clips that I saw. So can I just read you this transcript? Please. So I don't know what this was about. I don't know. I, I don't know. Jake and Tom Holland are on clearly on a press tour for this, like stop for this movie. And Jake Gyllenhaal says, you're in my cabbage patch. I don't, I didn't hear that as a line in the movie, but maybe they were making a reference to something else. I don't know. No, I didn't No, No. <laughs> and then he says, we don't talk enough about cabbage patch dolls or garbage pail kids anymore. And I'm glad you brought that up. Benedict cabbage patch is actually his great grandfather started cabbage patch dolls and they were a big thing in the nineties. That's how Benedict got his start in business was his uncle who obviously became very wealthy from all of the, the, and then Tom Holland like chimes in and is like cabbage patch kids. And he's like profits. Yeah. Flew him to London and put him in an apartment and he started to audition and he made his career. So the truth of the matter is without cabbage patch kids, Benedict cabbage patch uh, wouldn't have a career, and you wouldn't have Dr. Strange. <laughs> Dr. Strange. Okay. <laughs> and the whole time, Tom Holland is sitting next to him, like, staring at the camera, and just, like, <laughs> shaking his head very slowly, and being like, what is this? And somebody had the theory that, like, they put the two of them together... So that, like, because Tom Holland is always spoiling things. Yes. And they're like, oh, Tom Holland can't spoil anything because he's got to babysit Jake Gyllenhaal now. <laughs> so he can't say anything. But I think, now that I've seen this movie, because I saw that press clip before I saw the movie, and I was like, what is happening to Jake Gyllenhaal? Like, is he having, like, a manic episode? I really believe it's because of your Mysterio. He's gone method? <laughs> well, either... Well, that's actually a great... Maybe he has gone method. But if you're Mysterio, you can't go on a press tour and talk about your character at all. Because it ruins the entire movie. True. So you have to, if someone is like asking you a question, you have to do, you either can be like, well, I can't really talk about that, but I promise it'll be great. Or you can do what he did and just take a hard left into crazy town and just start talking about Cabbage Patch Kids for like... But I'm sure that a lot of the questions you get on a junket like this are just like, what was it like to work with Samuel L. Jackson? Like, what was it like to work on a Marvel movie? Like, it's not necessarily like, give me a deep explanation of your character's motivations, right? Like, I'm not saying that that question never comes up. Right. But I think that like five sixths of the questions you get on a junket are completely plot free. Yeah, that's probably true. So maybe he was just being super method. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I was actually really surprised to see that Jake Gyllenhaal was doing an MCU movie because I think he's been in, you know, a lot of really well-received movies, but a lot more like independent movies. And so it sort of surprised me that he would agree to this, but maybe he agreed to it because they're like, you get to play a lunatic. And he's like, great, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, people were surprised when Robert Downey Jr. accepted the Iron Man role. Like they've always kind of punched above their weight in terms of casting. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But with Robert Downey Jr., it felt a little bit more like... 
a second wind in his career. Mm. Whereas with Jake Gyllenhaal, it feels like he just has a very different kind of career. Sure. But I mean, who's going to say no to that MCU money, I guess? Because now Jake Gyllenhaal can basically like finance whatever else he would want to make, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's it. But yeah, he's a crazy person on this tour. It's been hilarious to watch. Watch that supercut when you get a chance, or maybe we should tweet it out. It's pretty great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to talk about anything else? So I guess, so this is the end of phase three, right? Of the MCU? Uh, maybe? Phase three. This feels like the time we had to look up what all of the um, Infinity Stones did. Yes. No. So yeah, so this is the this is the final movie in phase three. Uh, so the first movie in phase three was Civil War. Mm, okay. And the final one is Far From Home. So do we have any thoughts before we say goodbye to phase three? <laughs> it was a strong phase, you guys. Emotionally so was... very difficult for your girl over here. Yeah. yeah. So it was Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Captain Marvel, Endgame, and But Ant-Man and, Ant-Man and the Wasp home. turned out to be really important to Endgame. Yeah. Well, again, it could have been a web short. I would yes. like to like to re-emphasize yes. that. Yes. It could have been a web short. Yes. But with the exception of Ant-Man and the Wasp, those are all really strong movies. Yeah, I didn't see Homecoming. No, uh, neither did I. It was supposed to be good, though. Like, yeah. It was supposed to be... Uh, people have compared it to Hey Arnold, so you should probably watch it. I love Hey Arnold. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Guardians 2 wasn't the best. I, it I was had, interesting, I had at least. a couple issues with it, narratively, but... Yeah, I um, think you and I have... Have we talked about it on the podcast? We talked about the first one on no, the podcast. No, but I'm just trying to remember if, if we if we had kind of done our script doctoring on air or if it was off air. It was off air. It was off, <laughs> I just called you and I was like, here are all the things that I would have done differently. We script doctored it so good. It was great. I, it, it was great. great. Uh, we should write a fanfic or something um yeah i mean so it it had its moments guardians 2 had its moments but it was sort of probably the weaker of that crew maybe but like yeah most of these movies are were really strong i mean and and i think it goes to show that they put a lot of planning into this i mean 2008 was the first iron man movie right and so uh, yeah, 2008, 2009. So, like so, that, it's, yeah. so after 10 years of working with these characters, it, it really goes to show that they like really got the formula down and they got who these characters are and they knew when to pick their spots to bring in new people to kind of round out the universe. And I think they did a really good job. So the phase four films that are slated at the moment are Black Widow... <laughs> Okay. How? What? How? Might be a flashback movie. Yeah. I guess Captain Marvel was a flashback movie. It's not impossible. Yeah. Uh, the Eternals. I don't know what that is. Nope. I'll click on it in a moment. Doctor Strange Two. Oh, great! We get more of that accent. <laughs> oh. uh, hi there. Uh, I am an American. Yes. <laughs> uh, Black Panther Two. Woo! Which I the only forever. plot I want for Black Panther Two is that Shuri becomes the Black Panther. I mean, yes. Uh, Shang-Chi. I don't know anything about that. Nope. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Let me click through to the... I'm surprised we're not getting more Captain Marvel. Uh, I mean, we may... The Eternals is an upcoming superhero film based on the Marvel Comics race of the same name. Okay, I don't... Oh, they have... Allegedly have Angelina Jolie and Kamal Nanjiani? 
Rats? And Salma Hayek? And Rats? Millie Bobby Brown? Rats? <laughs> I don't know. Shang-Chi has even less information, so. Rats? And <laughs> is a trained martial artist with skills that are unsurpassed by many. Great, that's... So much information. Thank you, Marvel Cinematic Universe Wiki. Is it Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I seriously doubt it. Would you say you were surprised? Oh, Captain, we will get a Captain Marvel too, right? It's just that they would not, because they're a bunch of sexists, they would not commit to a Captain Marvel 2 before they saw box office for Captain the first Captain Marvel, right? So mm. they will do it, but it just means it's going to take longer. I mean, these movies take a long time to script and shoot and all I that. I guess. I would just, I would love... Just more like Kree Skrull war stuff. Like I think we just like fill that. in some of that backstory yeah. of like what actually happened. I don't know that they're going to do that, but it would be interesting. I mean, no more Ronan. I don't want him like yelling at me about his <laughs> lineage or whatever. But <laughs> <sighs> but if we could get you know, if we could get her the story of her kind of brokering. The end of the Kree Scroll War. That would be pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, it would be cementing her sort of legend status, certainly. Yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not they can really continue interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when so many of the beloved characters have, you know, died. Or been phased out. Or been phased yeah. out. I mean... I mean, they're, they're banking on uh, the new slate of heroes who are younger and more diverse yes to kind of keep and hold the interest of the public and i do think that like if you have black panther and captain marvel then you have like you're automatically maybe having like a larger potential audience yeah that's true that's true that's true but i think i mean i think about the people who were left over after you know avenger avengers infinity war and it was Mm -hmm. like a skeleton crew of people most of whom I was not that interested in. It was like, I mean, and a lot of those people died, right? Yeah. Um, but it's you... really a shame that Vision is like really gone. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see the new iteration of Captain America anywhere. Is what? What happened to Wanda? I think she died, didn't she? Uh, was she in the I... montage at the beginning? No, no, no. She's allegedly alive. So yeah, I mean it, and she's got nothing left, right? Because. Nothing left to lose. The most dangerous woman in the world. Her brother and her man are both... Well, her cyborg man are both gone. (laughs) Is he a... What is he? (laughs) Is he a robot? (laughs) He's a guy? (laughs) Still maybe my favorite moment. (laughs) All right. On that note... Yeah. I have no idea what we're going to be doing, but we have to... Nope. We have have to kind of ease back into this. We'll we'll think of something. We'll think of something. Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah she said confidently (laughs) go forward confidently in the direction of your podcast i just think tom holland's adorable he is he's doing a great job you're doing great tom that's all i gotta say (laughs) okay until next time yes i'm going to need that cape we'll see you next time spider people
Put in the tomb. Save the it. Aztec tomb. Check. Hold on. This is, I don't have time for your magic tricks. Illusions, Dad. You don't have time for my illusions. What is